0: Back in on the People Show, Hour 3. Satyar Shah, Randy Janda, Josh elliott Wolf producing. Our good friend Adnan Burke is coming up at 2.30. We'll chat some baseball, NFL, everything we do with our good friend Adnan. Some Canucks talk and hockey talk coming up here in a second. We have Confession Friday. That's coming up at 3 o'clock. So get your confessions in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. And don't at me, coming up at 3.20 as well. So a lot. Uh, coming up on this show. And uh, we've been in a giving mood this week, Randy, on this show. We've been giving away some uh, tickets to Vancouver Canadians games. That's coming up as well for Don't At Me, for the best submission to Don't At Me. And uh, for the music enthusiasts, especially those that like some good old rock and roll, we're giving away tickets to the the, uh, stadium tour. At At BC Place. And it's not too far away. September
1: 2nd, you got Motley Crue, Def Leopard, Josh's favorite, Poison, Joan <laughs> Jet, and the Black Hearts.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, so if you want to check it out, we are giving away a pair of tickets to the stadium tour at BC Place. You can call them now. Caller 3 gets the tickets. 604-280-0650. 604-280-0650. Uh, so that's the number to call, 604. All right, great. Awesome. Let's see who wins the tickets to go watch. Uh, the stadium tour at BC Place. Um, getting back in, and we have turf trivia coming up as well. So uh, for those who want to get in on the Fantasy Football League, the People's Show Fantasy Football League, an entry to the league will be giving it away during turf trivia, which is later this segment as well. So, so get ready. Get ready. Uh, with that out of the way, the Vancouver Canucks still sit here with JT Miller, a member of the team. He has not yet signed a contract extension. We have been waiting for a few things to happen to get clarity. Because it was clear the Canucks and JT and the Canucks and other teams were nowhere near a stage where they were close to either an extension or a trade, which means two things were going on. One, the market for signing JT contractually a good enough comparison had not yet been made to really set the market. And also, as far as suitors go, as as long as Kadri was available and some other free agents were available, the trade market was never going to really develop around like a guy like JT Miller. And with teams like Colorado that still have to figure things out, teams teams like the Islanders who still have to figure things out, the Capitals lurking in the background, perhaps even the Hurricanes, there's still the question on Nazim Kadri Well, now he's gone. Not only is he with the Flames, which was not a real team that, as much as people thought they could be there, not a team that you had kind of banked on getting him, which means suitors for JT Miller still remain, and teams that were in on JT still have the need for a player like JT Miller. So with all this happening now, Randeep, where are we? We're at a situation where desperate teams, and I don't mean like
1: super desperate, teams that want to be contenders, Yeah, they still have a want to make a move. And the Calgary Flames, you know, we talked about this last week, and, and I just felt like the Lucic or Monahan deal would happen. Just It yeah. felt like something was incomplete in Calgary, and now we've seen it happen with the Monaghan deal that will probably be confirmed. But that does leave a couple of people with, um, you know, just kind of standing there saying, okay, what do we do now? A couple of teams. And we talked about the New York Islanders, which what are the New York Islanders right now? They've got a star center and yeah. a star defenseman. And then they have a lot of older players. This is a team prior to last year had made the Eastern Conference Final twice in a row. They lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning twice in a row. This is a team that was built for the playoffs, the way that they played with Barry Trotz. Fast forward now, they don't have Trotz, who clearly was a selling point for anybody going to that market. Yeah. But one thing is for sure, they need to act now. Because a lot of those guys, when we talk about Calgary in a couple of years, will have maybe contract problems because some of their older guys are going to be getting, you know, a lot more money and and it's just not a good cap situation. Islanders are kind of already there. Yeah. So they have to act now while, you know, Matt Barzell is, what, 25 years old and he's going to be, you know, RFA in a year's time. Yeah. Y- you have to act. So where does this, keep, you know, you know where is the situation? You've got one very desperate team with very little leverage in a
0: position that, they should be able to act, but they got a lot of work to do around they their do. team. They
1: got a lot of work
0: to do. Well, I think what's happened here now, when we talked about the Islanders side of things during the last hour and about how they're not a perfect fit here, because Kadri made sense for them, especially once they made the trade and the trade away, the 13th overall pick to get uh, Romanov. They trade away a lot of their assets already. So they're at a point where they said, OK, if we can clear money, we just sign Nazem Kadri. Well, now you're at a point where it's like you got trade, you got to clear money to go and trade for somebody else. So it's two-pronged in terms of assets you have to give up to improve your team. It makes it a lot harder. And if you don't make a move, the question you have to ask is, are you good enough? Yeah, and, and that's a fair question. They have a new head coach. They have some changes they've made. They have some young players maybe they think are going to come up, and they add a Romanov on the back end. But I'm with you. I have a lot of concerns and questions about that New York Islanders team. But I think as much as they're a team that should be motivated – They're between a rock and a hard place a little bit right now, which makes it a bit more difficult. The team, I think, if they have a real desire to get JT, they can make it happen, would be the Colorado Avalanche. How willing are they? The Hurricanes could. They have Pacioretty on LTIR, but at some point have to account for him coming off LTIR if he returns in the new year, which is kind of what the projection is right now. Sometime in January, maybe February, he returns, so he has to be activated. The other one is the Capitals. And conceivably, they could be in on something. But I don't think the Capitals are a good trade fit with Vancouver because I know the Capitals asked before, too. And I just don't think they have the pieces Vancouver wants. You know, like, I'm just not sure uh, the, the Canucks love their prospects and their young players. There's not a good fit on the defense, and the pick isn't really exciting. So I just don't see it happening. To me, if a JT Miller trade happens, it would be the Colorado Avalanche. They
1: have the prospects. Yeah. They have a surplus. At the defensive position. Somewhere the Canucks don't have much of a pipeline beyond Jack yeah. Rathbone. Yeah, and no discredit to Trescott, Yoni Yermo, all those guys that we've talked about. The guys that they took recently. Yeah. At least 2.0. But the reality is you don't have much in that pipeline. So Colorado and this, this is a team that we talked about last year. Yeah. Where, hey, is this a an interesting spot for a rental last year? And they made other moves. They yeah. made some pretty strong ones that, that end up winning the cup. They're good to go. But the long, short-term and long-term fit at the second-line position, I know we had a text earlier saying, hey, Newhook is ready to go. Yeah, He's he's a second-line center. He's ready to go. Hasn't shown it yet. And I'm, I'm, I'm an Alex Newhook fan. But same here. I, I loved when he played in the BCHL with the Victoria Grizzlies, yep. watching him. A lot him. of speed. A yeah. lot of speed, and it's good to see him at the NHL. But are you a consistent second-liner? This isn't a work in progress in Colorado. They need a guy that can just... Seamlessly fit in there. And I think Newhook's got a little bit more to go. He's probably going to need a little bit more
0: seasoning to become that everyday guy that you can rely on. That team right now, and you mentioned this before, they have JT Comfer in their top six. Which isn't necessarily bad when you have guys like McKinnon, you have Landis Cog. Great right? playoff player. He's, he was tremendous in the, in the postseason. But that's their top six. Their third line right now is guys like Cogliano and Helm. And Logan Connor, and we'll see Ben Myers. These are young guys and prospects they have, but it's gonna take some time. Like, those guys are gonna really help them in a couple of years, I think, you know, when, when they get some more experience and they supplement the roster cheaply and they come in and they give some youth to that team and they really help them still stay a cup contender. But if they truly wanna compete for the Stanley Cup again this upcoming season and take advantage of the final year, Nathan McKinnon is making $6.3 million before a new contract extension kicks in, they're gonna to have to go out and make a significant addition. Going and signing Phil Kessel ain't gonna move the needle. So I wonder what the motivation is going to be for a team that just won the Stanley Cup. They have excess on the back end. They really do. Does that mean they're going to trade somebody? Well, they'd love to move Sam Girard if they're moving somebody. But is that what Vancouver wants to do? I don't know. I don't don't know if that's the player they'd want. And remember, this guy's coming back from a broken sternum, too. Yeah. And I know. I think that can But I I get what you're saying. Like, if you're an acquiring team, you're going to take that into account. You're probably going to use that against him, right? There's something you, you take into consideration. I think for Vancouver, the number one player they'd want, and that this is obvious, who would who wouldn't want Bowen Byram? Would they be willing to do that? The second player, I think Vancouver would prefer Devin Taves over Sam Gerard. But that doesn't mean Colorado's trading Devin Taves. So Vancouver would want Bowen Byram. Would they do it? Devin Taves, well, two years left at at uh 4.1 million, and then he's UFA, but Hey, maybe those two guys, but are they doing that? I don't know if Colorado's doing that. Man, they were the McCar and him were the best exactly. players in hockey. So. so, I don't know if they're doing that. Yeah. Now, they would do Gerard, would Vancouver do Gerard? I don't know. So the question becomes if there's a trade to be made, would Colorado be willing to trade Taves or Byram? Cuz I think you would have to do one of those if you want to, you know, make Vancouver think or make them make that deal. If they don't, I don't think Vancouver makes the deal. But if Colorado it's trying to offer say Gerard or Alex Newhook in a pick, Not all three, but like, you know, one of those players in a pick, for instance. Does Vancouver do that? I don't know if they do that. Man. So
1: when you're talking about that level of player, right, we're talking about, let's just start with the Bowen Byram. Like, it feels like in Colorado, they are, they're sold on him. There's questions about his health and all that. Seem to answer those questions late in the year. I do wonder, though, if this is a situation where you're essentially saying, Do you kick the can down the road for free agency? Can you take that risk if you're Colorado? Because that's the decision that they have. They're going to say, hey, either we go after this player, we become super aggressive and we have depth with Comfer. You have, you know, uh, Newhook and then a JT Miller. Or it's just like the buzz that you hear around the Colorado Avalanche, like Byram, they love him, man. So I'm with you. I think that's the move you'd go for if you're the Canucks. The appetite to make that like if you're the Avalanche, you got to give up something to get something good. Yeah, and that's the reality. Trading away Bowen and Byram though, that that's a bold, bold move. I don't know if you, I don't know if you can do that if you're the
0: Colorado. Yeah, Avalanche. I don't know if they do it either. And I see Greasy Troll saying Canucks don't need a left hand D, they need a right hand D, yada yada. Here's the reality though: if you're holding out for the perfect right hand D to trade JT, you're limiting potential trade opportunities. There aren't many trade opportunities for that. At the end of the day, what the Canucks need is a difference maker. Yeah, And does it matter if they're left-handed? Does it matter if they're right-handed? Does it matter if it's a centerman? I don't think it matters as long as you get a difference maker. Preferably, you want a right-hand defenseman. If not, you still want to shore up the defense one way or another, and that could still be a lefty. And here's the thing with these guys. Devin Taves can play the right side, has played the right side. At some point, the Canucks are going to have to play one of their lefties on the offside, especially with Hughes being here long-term. Um, OEL being signed long-term, Rathbone's in the mix. If you add somebody else, I think we've gone th- through this before. I think there is a chance you can move that stuff around.
1: Well, what did we hear from Matt Rose earlier on the show when you were talking about Mackenzie Weegar? It was, on the left-hand side, they're pretty set in Florida. So what happened? him to the right-hand side. And yeah, good defensemen, you know, players that have that special talent, and whatever their skill set is. Weegar obviously, more defensively inclined. But still a very solid defenseman, moved over to the right-hand side, and he can do both sides now. Now, whether it's Quinn Hughes, whether it's another defenseman, if they ever trade for one, on the left-hand side, and I'm going to throw a Bowen Byron in that equation, you generally expect special players to be able to be coached in that way to say, all right, hey, you know what? We got a bit of a conundrum here, but like Sergachev, left-shot defenseman, guess what? He pops over to the right-hand side in Tampa. Yeah. So you are an able to to have those players that do provide both of those roles. So I, I don't think the Canucks are any different. Now, the question is you just have to have skilled defensemen. Yeah. And we haven't seen it necessarily happen with Quinn Hughes yet, but would it surprise us if he plays on the
0: right-hand side this No, year? I think we talked about this a bit yesterday. We kind of talked about the Canucks blue line and how the right side is hard to address. And if you're looking at, you know, doing something internally to improve it, your best bet would be to move one of those guys to the right side and see if you can shore it up that way, for instance. So at some point, that's something you do have to explore. And the reality is most teams don't have, or not every team has three righties playing the right side. I did an exercise last year, Randy, where I went through every single left-hand defenseman, every single right-hand defenseman in the league, and there was barely 90 right-hand defensemen who could play in the NHL. How many teams are there? 32 teams. Yep. How many right-hand defensemen play? That means for every single team, there are 96 right-hand defensemen. There are barely 96 right-hand defensemen playing, and most of those guys don't even play a regular shift, can't even play a regular shift. The point being, it, you can't bank on, left, on, on having pure righties on your team the whole time. Guess what? Colorado Avalanche, they don't have all righties playing the right side. No, they don't. Uh, we got this one from J
1: twenty one and White Rock. Girard plus Newhook plus a first for Miller. Is
0: that good enough? Well, I mean, I think what you would have to do, um, I think what you have to do is move more money out if you're taking Girard. Like if Vancouver's taking Girard and Newhook and a first. Like if I think if they're taking on that type of money. I think they want to get, out, get rid of something else. Because if you're making that trade, you're actually increasing your cap hit. Because Girard has the same cap hit as, essentially, virtually, as JT yep. Miller. And then you're adding Newhook on top of that. Which, hey, it's it's a small contract, but it's still an entry-level contract. So what you're doing is you're actually adding to your books making that deal.
1: And on top of all of that, if I'm Colorado, and listen, JT Miller is a difference maker. But you're also looking at Newhook first-round pick. A first-round pick, and then a top 4D in Girard. That's a lot. That's a lot more than the New York Rangers offer that we were discussing at the trade deadline. Yeah. Right? Whether it was a first-round pick, Niels Lundqvist, and Philip Heedle. Like, that's a lot more. So, yes, if I'm the Canucks, I'm doing cartwheels because you're getting some really good players and a first-round pick, which is essentially a second-round pick. Yeah. But if I'm Colorado, I'm saying, wait a second. Do I want to give up that much? I'm already giving you a first-round pick in Alex Newhook. I'm giving you a top-4-D
0: I'm a little wary if I'm Colorado because I think honestly I think Colorado if they were able to move the Girard I think for them they would look at it as not only do we get a Miller um it's a bit of a cap dump for us at the same time too because as good as Girard is and how much talent he has to your point coming off the injury he's not the biggest guy and with how hard it is to move money around the league I bet you if they could have moved him because Colorado is still looking to do other things yeah. potentially so they could bring Kadri back because so they can bring other guys in. It didn't happen. Why? It's hard to move money around. So, I think if you are taking on a contract like Sammy Girard, no matter how much he can help you, because there is term left on it, if you are Vancouver, you got to make sure you get something out of it.
1: You got to ask for a little bit more. more. I, that that's a that's a big big you know return, and he's gonna get one if he gets traded. If JT does, but that one that one for me seems a little rich, just a little rich.
0: Yeah. So basically, what you have to look at for Vancouver here is either. You make a deal potentially if Colorado's not willing to put those pieces where Newhook or in a first maybe, you know, something along those lines potentially. Or as we mentioned before with the New York Islanders, would they trade Romanov? It would be a swap along those lines. It would have to be. That looks like something realistic. But does that make you excited? Does that excite you? I'm not sure it does for a lot of people. That brings us back to the contract. Seven times seven. We talked about what is the minimum it would take to sign JT Miller. Well, the minimum has been set. If Kadri is signing a contract worth 49 million and he's 32 years old when next season begins, he's still 31, turns 32, you know, when next season begins. JT is going to be 30 when his new contract kicks in. So at the very least, you have to give him a number with 49 million in total money. Yeah. So if the Canucks had any thought of keeping JT Miller, and if they were thinking of maybe paying him in the low 40s, that's not going to happen. At the very minimum, it's the contract you're offering he, You have to offer him at the minimum the contract Kadri got.
1: Yeah, and I do wonder like, you know, this is a, a Brad living contract that for his team it makes sense, and it's not going to be great down the road because there are going to be a lot of money on the books in Calgary for some older players, yeah. but it's a contract in the next two or three years makes sense for his team, but it does have an impact on those other negotiations coming. Now, $49 million over seven years, great deal for Nazem Kadri. But Seven years, eight years for the Vancouver Canucks to commit to JT Miller. And listen, I love JT Miller as a player. Here's the issue, though the issue is he's going to be signing that contract at the age 30. That's when it kicks in. Yeah. You're essentially committing to some form of a contract to the age of 37.
0: And Carter's going to be 39 when that contract ends. But there's also, they're hey, they're trying the to ne- win a Stanley
1: Cup. The next two or three years. Yeah. Do we have an idea of what the Canucks are trying to do long term yet? Uh, I think JT Miller's contract or trade or whatever happens is going to dictate what the vision of this team is. Because JT said it himself on that podcast with John Scott, like, hey, the the management's got their own vision. They've got a a way of what they want to do things. I'm paraphrasing. We don't have a sense of that yet. But the more I hear that, it does make me wonder of, and Rutherford's mentioned this before, six years. Sounds like a pretty good contract, right? It does. So, So if you're considering six years, now with this Cadre contract, you're probably going to have to hit 8.25, 8.15 at the very least to get to that number over six years. Because yeah. if I'm JTM I'm looking at 49 saying, all right, hey, we can talk six years, yeah. but I'm not taking anything
0: less than, than 49 on that number. 100%. I mean, you know, Marcus and Gibson says, I always hear it's hard to move money around. It's not. Teams are just not willing to part with the future for cash dumps. And that's what it is. You can move money if you're willing to trade a first round pick, if you're really willing to give up assets to do so. And not a lot of teams are. Because for a team like Colorado, for instance, they've already traded so many assets. I mean, they've traded so many picks and, and player and stuff like that to be competitive, and they have a lot of prospects left. But it's but it's like, for them to move money off their books, you have to trade money and assets and then make other additions to your team. And again, that's hard to do for teams because you're giving up too much at that point.
1: Yeah, and if there's anybody to thank, I think it's Kyle Dubas because he kind of set the price for uh, wingers, uh, playmaking wingers on the wing with uh, Mitch Marner and... The Patrick Marlowe price is still the thing, right? Yeah. Year by year, what's the price on a one-year, $6 million cap salary cap dump? First-round pick. First-round pick. Yep. The Marlowe contract is still set. We look at Sean Monahan, the deal that's expected to go through, pretty much the same. You look at other deals that
0: have gone through, it's essentially that 5 and a half to $6 million range. And you can make the case now, because of um, how cap crunched the league is, even more so now, that it costs even more today to move money off your books than it costs a few years ago. Cause there's just so little money to go around across the national hockey league. All right. Uh, we'll delve into this a bit more as the show goes on here. We mentioned that we did give away, uh, we were going to give away stadium tour tickets to BC place, but now it's time to play turf trivia for your chance to gain entry into the People's show fantasy football league. And the reigning champion is Port Moody. That's right. JMac won yesterday gave Port Moody the win and in entry
1: into the fantasy football league. And, uh, Listen, there's still spots available. We got a couple of days this week, two leagues, 24 teams. You're going to be playing against Bic, myself, and other citizens of the People Show. More information to come on that. Today's question: We've been talking a lot about Nazem Kadri. Mm-hmm. I tested this question on you and Josh. Yeah. Oh, we had we had a hard time with this. You question. did, yeah. but I think it's I think it's a doable one. Okay. Nazem Kadri. Yeah. Was selected in the first round of the 2009 NHL draft. Three current or
0: former Canucks were selected in that first round as well. Hmm. Who are they? 2009 draft. Three former or current Canucks were selected in that first round. Who are they? Name all three. Not one or two. All three. All right. Let us know to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650, and we'll pick a winner on the other side. And on the other side, we'll get into some baseball talk with Adnan Verk, and we'll talk a little bit of NFL as well. We haven't had a chance to talk about the Deshaun Watson suspension, which has come down Finally, it has been agreed upon is it a good look? Is it a bad look? What does this mean for the league? We'll de- delve into that and more right here on SportsNet 650. People's show Satin Randeep and Josh hanging out. Good friend Adnan Virk is going to join us in a few minutes. The Deshaun Watson suspension came down today. Well, the, for the second time, the first time it was a six game suspension. The NFL appealed it after Judge Sewell Robinson, the independent arbiter, judged it to be a six game suspension. NFL appealed. They were pushing for a full year suspension. And then, well, they reached a settlement today, which gives the Cleveland Browns quarterback an 11 game suspension and a $5 million fine. And for those saying it should have been a full year suspension, and hey, I would not have been against it. You know, I've, I've made my thoughts very clear about when the Browns made this trade and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not against it at all. But I think the main reason why it didn't happen, Randy is because if the NFL PA filed an injunction and took this to court, they would have dragged out all the dirty laundry of NFL owners and would have said, Hey, you guys say the NFL conduct policy, uh, encompasses owners as well. How come you don't reprimand owners when they do similar things or when they go awry? How come you guys turn a blind eye to the owners but are so hard on the players? And I think that's the reason why the NFL said, you know what, let's just settle so we don't have that court case happening. Because if that wasn't a problem, I think the NFL would have held held firm and called Deshaun's bluff and forced a full game suspe- full, full year suspension. I think the NFL knew if they went down that road, it would have gotten very nasty and ugly. Well, that
1: explains why the NFL's bark was much louder than its bite. Yeah. Like, you know, if you look at it, if the rhetoric and all of that, you expected something stronger. You expected the full season, and that's where it felt like it was going. But a couple of things here. A couple of things. The first thing, you start looking at the contract situation, and I think people have outlined, you know, what it would mean for, yeah. for you know, Watson and and the way the contract plays out if he misses more than 11 games. The other thing is, by avoiding court, but having the rhetoric as being, hey, we're going to hold them accountable and all that, how much of this was a PR game for the NFL to just essentially sh- say they have a strong spine? But in the end, no, they had to buckle. Or not had to buckle, but they they were going to still bring back the player. Like th- The fact that the first game back is against the Texans, that makes me feel a little dirty here. Like, you know what I mean? Like that makes me feel a little, like this whole whole process pretty greasy because they're still going to benefit from the ratings. Of course, they always do. And that's why this whole process to me I just look at it and say, man, that's that's kind of an entire process seems really greasy.
0: Well, l- let's bring in Adnan Verk into the conversation, MLB Network, and he does a bit of everything. Obviously, he's a Cinephile Podcast as well, and you, you know, obviously, Adnan, you're you're always abreast of what's happening in the NFL. And thanks for joining us as always. We were just talking about the uh, Deshaun Watson decision that finally came down. Now it's binding, eleven games and a five million dollar fine. But my take here is that if the NFL wasn't worried about the dirty laundry being shared in court about owners and their digressions and misconducts, they would have held firm on a one-year full suspension here, that this ultimately is a bit of an ass-covering for everybody involved.
2: Yeah, it's a funny way of putting it, Sapp, but you're probably right. I mean, it's, the only thing I can say is, I'm glad the suspension has been increased, right? Big picture, you go six games. It was laughable. I don't, I don't know one person who saw that original suspension and goes, yeah, that feels right. Like, he always kind of just had a gut feeling with things in life. You get, yeah, it doesn't be right. Like, there's 20-plus women. I know it's a civil suit, not criminal. I know they are all been, you know, resolved, but still. Come on. Six games. So, at least, I, I like the fact that originally I always thought two-thirds of the season, 12 of 18, okay, fine, 11 with a bye, call 12. But that, that, to me, actually feels fair. Like, I, I said, he probably should get a year, but I'm okay with 12. And six was laughable. So, we're, we're kind of where it should be. And to your point, it probably should be a year. I know there's this logic of we already miss a year, but us the same thing. I'm like, this is when the punishment is levied, so I don't look at you know whatever's happened in the past. It Probably should have been a year, but you're right. As far as the owners, like everybody has their own interests, right? And, and I think we would be naive to realize that isn't a part of this. That the NFL wants this to go away as swiftly as possible. And when the six-game suspension was initially announced, it was a ton of PR blowback. To the NFL made looked look bad, so Goodell was like, Oh, we're going to overturn we're going to get more. No way. Like he, he, he's already been burned before with Ray Rice and other suspensions. And it's going to happen to me again. Uh, I want to make sure this gets meted out with the appropriate justice. So however we got to this point, could it have been more? Sure. But I think it feels about right that at least Deshaun Watson will miss significant time. And he's definitely gonna be vilified. And I know some people will say, well, you know, once you, once you do the crime, you pay the time, and eventually it's all forgiven. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, there was people for years. We still wouldn't support Michael Vick because of the whole dogfighting scandal. And there'll be many people, I'm sure many women, who will say, I'm not going to support Deshaun Watson no matter what, even when his suspension is over.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, seeing some of the reaction when he comes back to stadiums as well is going to be, uh, I'm sure it'll be very, very uh, negative going towards his way. And, you know, if you look at the team, let's, let's kind of try to focus a little bit on the football side of things. Up until week 11, how do you think this team fares uh, before they get their quarterback back? Before it gets
2: interesting like all along it was like okay Baker Mayfield isn't the answer he wants out uh, to get to Sean Watson but realize there's this intended suspension so it's just it's just so funny to me Randy the fact that I was like well either way it's gonna be Deshaun or Baker in the center and now it's neither so um <laughs> I think I'll have to kind of tread water I mean I love the games a lot like I yeah. before with six I'm like bro you could go oh six and Deshaun Watson is such a great quarterback you can come back and you know, rip off not one day, a ten game winning streak, but you know, you would at least be, let's say, nine and eight and still fighting for a playoff spot potentially. And of course you wouldn't go oh and six. Maybe you'd go two and four or even one and five and say, okay, well, well he can write the ship. But eleven games to me is significant. Like now, if you're four and seven, that's awfully tough. Like I, I that's a really tough way to all of now make the playoffs. You have to pretty much go five and one or six and oh when Deshaun comes back. So uh, I think it's unfortunate for Cleveland, and I have no sympathy for them because, of course, the ownership knew what they were doing. Yeah. But it's unfortunate for the fans. You go, hey, you know, we're building something special. This could be a team that contends. Right, Baker's not the answer. We all know that. We Take a step back, we regress. Hey, we got this guy who is, without question, a franchise quarterback. Bad guy, though. Obviously, he's yeah. got a lot of bad stuff. Well, look we'll kind of how look the other way. Get through the season. But I was like, no. Like, I, I, I can't imagine a situation, fellas, no matter who the quarterback is, where they end up being a contender. Maybe they make the playoffs but they're not going to be a
0: contender this year. I just can't see it. Well, I, I'm, I'm there with you on that. I mean, and it's sad as a Browns fan because they have so much talent. And then, you know, you go make the Deshaun Watson bet, which is obviously tough to grapple with as a Browns fan morally. And then obviously now you look at the team, and you're like, well, they don't really have a quarterback for 11 ga- games and they're a team that has talent. And, and to me, Adnan, I think their season will be determined in the first, first four weeks because they start off at the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, and Falcons. You essentially have to go 4-0 and or 3-1 to have any chance of being a playoff team when he comes back. So, the first four weeks is going to determine the season for the Browns.
2: Yeah, as you say that, I feel like 3 1 is very doable. Yeah. Right? Panthers, who knows if they're a better team? Okay. Jets, that's a win. Steelers, dude, they're, they're, they're not the black and gold we grew up admiring. And the Falcons are clearly in transition. I mean, that, that's like a free win team. So, yeah, I'm with you. If you, if you don't go 3 1 out of the gate, you go, God help us, how the hell are we going to get wins against other teams?
1: All right, let's talk some baseball here. We got uh, the Yankees versus the Blue Jays coming up. Uh, Four-game series. And yesterday's win for the Blue Jays, huge one. Both teams won, but near perfect from Ross Stripling. The urgency that they, you know, they had the offensive explosion. Uh, heading into this matchup with the Yankees, Let's, from a Blue Jays perspective, uh, what do you want to see tonight from the Blue Jays? Because you got some offense, you got some pitching. Uh, were are the huge question marks for this team right now?
2: But. <laughs> It's interesting that I'm back right now visiting my parents here in Maple, Ontario. So I went to my local CIBC to make sure my, uh, my my debit card was no longer dormant. And the conversation quickly turned to baseball. And it's funny. He was like, oh, my God, we have one starter. <laughs> like that That's the feeling here in Toronto. It's like, oh, man, all yeah. we have is Manila. I'm like, why? Kevin Goss is pretty great, too. Oh, after to that, it's pretty dicey. I and mean, I think that, that really is the major concern. If I'm a Blue Jays fan, I just say Kikuchi's a bust. You know, you say Kikuchi, I say he's a bust. Three years, $39 million. <laughs> yeah. Went down the drain. I don't. Know. Oh, hey, listen, he was an all-star. That's half a season. The second half of the year was horrible. Bust. Ryu hurt. You mentioned Stripling, who's always been a godsend. I'm stunned how good Stripling has been. And then of course he got hurt, but now it came back and was brilliant for them. So maybe you have two and a half starters. Barrios is a really confounding one because Barrios, so I always said, was like not quite an ace, but a one B. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he was like a, he's an outstanding number two or like a poor man's ace. But, and and instead for the Jays, he's been like a three or a four. And, like, wait, we give this guy like $130 million. Like, what? We give Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson two prospects, and his ERA as a Blue Jay is a little south of five. And he's just been so inconsistent, and it's either boom or bust. So I think I, the, my first thought, when I look at this Blue Jays team, like, all right, you have two and a half starters. I think he did three and a half to really be a legit playoff team. Offensively, you know, Vlad Jr. is great. We've got to start worrying about Bo Bichette. Like, he's been a disappointment, and continues to be so. And then after that, you know, guys kind of pick and pop. Chapman, his power's really come on second half of the season. He looks like he'll be another 30-home run guy. You know, Guriel slowed down after uh, a good first half. Espinal as well. But then Teoscar shifts in, and and again, you you just hope you get enough contributions. Kirk has obviously been tremendous for them this year. Mm -hmm. And then Romano's just standing in the bullpen. So, for Toronto, I, I think it's another situation where you say they should be better than what they are. But this is a team which has an eerily similar record to a year ago. And as you guys remember, they closed strong, had a great September and that's what made things interesting. Kept saying That's the one team you don't want to face come playoff time. You know, 19 wins September. you are missing the playoffs out by one game. Well, this year, I don't see the hot streak necessarily coming. Having said that, Randy Yankees really slumping badly. Neither that huge win. Thank God, Donaldson. The big grand slam. Particularly heat off my boy, Boone. The Yankees-Jays, two teams post-All-Star break, have definitely been underwhelming. So it feels like one of those litmus tests. And maybe the dog days of August. But think how nice it would be for the Jays if they went three or four in the Bronx. And similarly, if the Yankees stick three or four at home against Toronto and try to right the ship, uh,
0: well, and you know, it's pretty incredible because we're we're looking at the American League and there are a lot of strong teams here. And we talked about the Yankees a lot, who've kind of cooled off, but and maybe it's because we've kind of come to just expect this from the LA Dodgers because they're just so dominant. But I, I look at their differentials, I look at the season they're having, and it's. They just seem to be operating on a different plane than every other team every single year consistently. I mean, 250 run differential almost. I mean, they're on pace for 112-win season right now. I mean, do we give enough credit to how incredibly amazing this Dodgers team is year in and year out and what they might be able to do this year?
2: No, I think it's one of the situations where you just get spoiled by excellence sometimes. Yeah. And part of it, you know, I feel a little bit like the Braves of that great 90s run, 14 straight division titles, only the one World Series. So a critic might say, yeah, okay, you know, nine straight division titles is going to be, but so far only one World Series. So I understand the fact that L.A. feels that they have not been really able to be a dominant force, except for in the regular season. But in the regular season, you're right, they're awesome. And particularly in that division, you would have thought the Padres, especially after last year, were really going to make a big push. And they were close this year. One and a half games out, I think, think' point half a game out, and then boom, L.A. put them the afterburns and just blows their doors off. Giants, huge regression. After 107 wins ago, they are like a 500 team. The D-backs had a decent start, and that was in the Rockies of the Rockies. So it's amazing for the Dodgers. They don't get tested at all at their division, which should be good, ends up being vastly inferior. They coast towards the playoffs, as you said, over 100 wins. And yet I could totally see a scenario, as great as they are, in which the Mets beat them. in was DeGrom Scherzer 1-2, Edwin Diaz crank up the Narcos, Timmy Truster and Blaster Jacks. We've got Pete Alonzo. You got Frankie Lindor is now back to being the, one the top two or three shortstops in baseball. Marte's good. Escobar, Canna, et cetera. I'm like, I could totally see the Mets being the Dodgers in six or seven. Um, and, and that's the frustration, I think, for Los Angeles. They go, as loaded as this team is, you could see some issues. Um, one of the surprises to me is how good their starters have been, have been atypical guys Tony Gonslin, Tyler Anderson. So that's right I away. Mean. I go, well, you know what? If I got Scherzer and DeGrom versus Anderson and Gonslin, I'll respect. I'm taking the Mets. And Kershaw's good, but of course there's always issues with his health and such. And, and L.A.'s offense is certainly very good. Freeman's been great, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, all the rest of it. But I think that's part of the frustration for L.A. and it's for fans. They go, Yeah, I know they're great, but short sure to me, again, the postseason. The One World Series, fellas, was 2020. That was in a shortened year. you got to do it in a big season.
1: Okay, A.L. Um, AL wild card. if we focus on that for one second again. So you got the Mariners, Rays, and Jays in those top three spots. Minnesota and the Orioles, who were sellers at the deadline, they made that move, but still, they're hanging around. Does Minnesota have kind of the juice to stick around with the other teams? Should they be in this conversation consistently enough? Or, you know, if the Blue, the Blue Jays get their, their kind of the ball rolling here, is there a separation into the quality of teams here? Because it feels like, you know, the Twins aren't getting that, that love you know, from a lot of folks to say, yeah, they're there, but are they really?
2: A hundred percent. It kind of feels like fool's goal. and the biggest reason why is your pitching just isn't strong enough, Randy. And that's why ultimately you feel like there will be a playoff team from the Central because we have to. But that's it. There ain't gonna be no wild card team. Like it's gonna be Astros in the East. Yeah, excuse me, the Yankees in the East, the Astros in the West. One of Twins, White Sox, or Guardians emerge from that sad sack division, and then your three wild cards. It feels like to me, at least, are Mariners, Jays, Rays. Like, I think that should be the three best teams. But the White Sox, it gets still shocking to me. I mean, at least they're, they're four games over 500. And literally, Tony La Russa had a meeting with team leaders last Friday. I to try to turn things around. Liam Hendricks said it was a good meeting. So, hey, we make of two lose for sleeping on the job. They're actually 5-1 since that record. So, maybe that means something for Chicago. They're going to play better. Uh, Lucas Cilio gets a call tonight. We'll see. But for Minnesota, it's honestly been their pitching, which is the biggest reason why nobody really feels like they can really be that team, and ultimately, it's like again, it, one team will win from that division, and whoever wins is not going to be favored, anyways, right? If Chicago wins, I'm like, well, whoever they're playing, they're going to beat them, like <laughs> Mariners, Blue Jays, Rays. Yeah. Whoever it's going to be, that's how bad that division's been. They're just beaten up on bad teams like the Tigers and the Royals. Um, and so, for the Twins, I'm like, I wish. Uh, listen, a sustained playoff success would be nice. Boxton's a wonderful player. And a terrific star. Obviously, durability concerns. He's hitting for low average. He is hitting for a lot of power. But they just don't have the horses, I think, and they're starting pitching 1 through 10.
0: Adnan Verk is our guest. MLB Network, NHL Network, and the Cinephile Podcast as well. And on the NHL, Adnan, I mean, it had been pretty quiet the past little while in the National Hockey League outside of some injury news here and there. But a big move today. Nazem Kadri signs with the Calgary Flames. And what an eventful offseason for this Flames team. Johnny Goudreau leaves for Columbus. They trade Matthew Kachuk. They acquire Uberdo. They extend him. Now they sign Nazem Khadri. What do you make of the big news today and what the Flames are up to?
2: Sad, it's amazing. I, I got to do normally my radio hits in Calgary every Thursday yeah. along with you guys and then Pat Steimer got to text me, I'm sorry, buddy, can't you that? I can't do today too much games dude. Let's <laughs> do tomorrow. We'll do all the baseball you want. I said, I totally understand. Um, Brad living is living his best life. Apparently today is his fifty third birthday right. and he's in Texas helping his daughter move. But in between doing that, <laughs> he's, been, he's not enough of I love these multitaskers you can somehow get these things done when I have to struggle to get one job done. But I love Kadri. I mean, are you kidding? Uh, I've always cheered for him being a Muslim and playing hockey. The fact he's an Ontario kid. Um, the fact he finally won a Stanley Cup. I like the fact he's feisty. He's pugnacious. He puts his money where his mouth is. All that terrible Islamophobia and horrible tweets and stuff that were sent to him his playoff way. He just told those fans to shut it by his play on the, on the ice. So, I love Nazem. I'm really happy for him. I, I was laughing at some of the tweets and memes saying that he's going to get suspended for not signing yet. Like, I, I still didn't... Because it's weird. Like, you guys know this. you live your hockey day and day with the Canucks. I'm like, NHL free agency is over in a few days. Like, normally it's July 1st, and by July 4th, everyone's at the Cottage, and we're good to go. So the fact that everything was taking so long, I really didn't understand where to go with it. And I was obviously following the story, and somebody had whispered, the Bruins are still in the mix. I'm like, oh, man, I hate the Bruins. God, if God goes there, it's horrible. So I I root for the Flames, not just because of my loyalty to the SN960, but I think they're a good team. And and I think it's amazing that you could have looked at this team before and said, wow. Another battle of Alberta lost against Edmonton. The first incarnation of this in a while. And now we got real issues, like you said, with regards to Goudreau not re-signing, you know, what to do with Kachuk. And yet, it's an amazing turnaround. I, clearly, he's got to sign Hubert. I mean, that's the key. And obviously, you hope Uyghur plays well. But not some seven times seven. I mean, I knew he was going to get paid. I figured it'd be around $50 million. And maybe that contract's going to be inflated. But actually, it's pretty reasonable. I, I, I remember at one point when he was, like, top five in scoring. I think Mike Johnson said to me, he's like, he might get like eight or nine a year, which is going to be a bad contract. I like think it'll be like $70 million. I actually think Noss was probably a $6 million a year kind of guy. Had a career year, so he cashed in. So seven times seven, actually, it's a pretty good deal for both sides.
1: Yeah, the Calgary Flames did need that another, you know, they got their probably their franchise player in uh, Huberto, but they needed that that other player as well. And, you know, about the style of play, there's a lot of players on the ice that that may not be fans of one Nasim Kadri because of the, the tenacious style he plays, but he's, he's got a lot of fans off the ice. Uh, a couple of Saturdays from now, he'll be taking the Stanley Cup to the London Mosque as well. a uh, London, Ontario Mosque. Yeah. First player to ever take uh, uh, the Stanley Cup to a mosque. So looking forward to that. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this before we wrap up. Yesterday, the birthday of one Robert De Niro. One of your guys, yeah. one of your favorite actors, if not, if not most favorite actor of all time. What is the ultimate De Niro performance? Like if you had to pick one,
2: what leaves yeah, well, the answer, highlights? Actually, which is amazing. Considering the fact he's made hundreds of movies, it's actually an easy answer, and it's Raging Bull, because mm. it really is a performance which changed acting, and it changed his life and changed his body. I mean, he said to Scorsese, I want to do this properly. I'm going to put on 55, 60 pounds for the role. And he got into the best shape of his life and actually trained with Jake LaMotta and boxers and trainers. And they said This guy would actually be a legitimately good boxer. like He was that good. And De Niro in interviews has been humble and laughed at all. Jake's just being hyperbolic, but... Apparently it's true, like he was so good as far as studying all the fight tapes and really getting his body in the best shape of his life, hundred and fifty five pounds. And then, okay, Martin, I'll see you in a few months. I'm gonna go to Italy and eat my way through. He actually went to France first, but he said France was even harder. He said a lot of bread, the red wine, because it wasn't it was tough to digest it. I went to Italy, packed it all in, and when he went back, one of the producers didn't even recognize it. He said, like, Oh my god, <laughs> and along with the physical transformation, that really kind of Changed acting. A lot of guys didn't do that in the past. You know, you wouldn't hear of a story of Montgomery Clift or Paul Newman or Robert Redford putting out forty pounds for a role. You kidding? Me? That never happened. Now it happens all the time, right? Christian Bale lost sixty pounds. The machinist uh, Ben Foster just did it for a film called The Survivor. Tom Hanks did it for Castaway. There's lots of stories of guys putting on weight, losing weight. But Bob was really the first guy to do it, and it just showed how seriously he took acting and how seriously he took that role And, and Raging Bull. If you ask anybody, it's one of the greatest films of all time. It's one of my personal favorites. And I, I mean, for me, it's the Raging Bull, Tax Driver, Goodfellas, I think, are three iconic performances. Mm-hmm. But I really think it's Raging Bull. And honestly, it comes down to the man himself. When I met De Niro, as you guys know, um, you can never ask a guy what's your favorite performance because I think it's like asking what's your favorite child. But somebody else asked him, and he did say, he goes, I like Raging Bull, and I like Midnight Run. was not expecting you to throw in Midnight Run, okay. a great comedy from 1987 as one of his own personal favorites. But Ray DuBolt, you ask any interview, it always totally seems like it's the first film that comes up. And if you ask Corsese, who, of course, has worked with him 10 times, he'll also say Ray Ball.
0: Uh, awesome stuff, as always, Adnan. Always a pleasure getting you on the show. We look forward to chatting with you again next week. And uh, we'll see what the sports world has in store for us over the next few days. It's been pretty eventful recently.
2: One more parting shot. I'm reading Heat 2, which Randy always said is kind of overrated mm-hmm. on the De Niro tips. So I'll be honest. It's 464 pages. Michael Mann co-wrote it with Meg Gardner. I asked for Michael Mann. He's, of course, in Italy shooting his new film. I believe it's a story about Enzo Ferrari. Yes, that Ferrari. But okay. so he said, we'll give you Meg Gardner. So I'm going to interview the co-author of Heat 2 next week on Cinephile. So I'll be honest. The book has been a little up and down. It's a little bit of a sequel. We're focusing on Chris Scheherlis, Val Kilmer's character, what happens after Pacino guns down De Niro. But it's also a prequel. So we get some Vincent Hanna. We get some uh, Neil McCauley as well. So more more heat, perhaps, next time we talk.
1: Okay, funny you mentioned Ferrari. I'm actually wearing a Ferrari shirt today, so there you go. You, somebody's watching the stream. <laughs> Clearly, Adnan's been watching the stream
0: yeah. here. <laughs> He's been on top of it. I love it. Hey, Adnan, man. Hey, Randy,
2: seriously, when, when, when are we going to get a Stanley Cup to the Gordwara? Can we get some... Can, listen, but, what, but Nas is doing this great, but can we get confirmation? Has anyone brought a sailing Cup to a Gordwara?
1: No, it has not happened, but I know Canucks fans are saying if Archie Baines wins the Cup with the, yeah. the Vancouver Canucks, it could be the, it
2: could nice. Be the first. Nice! <laughs> that would be Awesome, I like it. More reason
0: to look the yeah, absolutely. Hey, Adnan, thanks as always, man. Have a great weekend,
2: Sat Randy. If I appreciate it, boys, take
0: care. Uh, that is Adnan Verk, always uh, fun chatting up with him. He's all he's he's, he's paying attention to everything. Oh, he he's is. on top of everything. That man, he is. It's gonna
1: be pretty cool in a couple of weeks when Nazem Kadri does take the uh, the Stanley Cup to the, the mosque in London because hey, man, like growing up, I remember hockey and you know, it was a little different, it was yes. two separate communities, yes. it was like you didn't really mix, whereas now. Hey, representation and having somebody in the, at the highest, you know, part of the game, basically yeah. win the Stanley cup, bringing it back to the community. That is awesome. So awesome thing we're going to see on August 27th, I believe is the date.
0: Love it. Love it. I'm excited to see that as well. Uh, now, Randy, we've been talking a lot about the Nazem Kadri signing and we knew that there was a deal pending. Sean Monaghan going from the Flames to the Montreal Canadiens to clear up the cap space it requires to sign and make the deal official with Nazem Kadri. And that has now been made official. That's right. Both teams
1: tweeting out the details. The Flames send Sean Monaghan and a conditional 2025 first-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens for future considerations. So we got a good old future considerations deal happening. So there you go. It's official from both teams yes it
0: is so there we have it uh, we'll continue that and coming up next it is Confession Friday and if you have any takes on the, the deals that have been made today what that means for the Canucks get them in I don't at me that's also coming up in the next segment more coming up right here on Sportsnet 650 final hour of the show the people show Satyar Shaw with Randeep Janda. We're going to get into Confession Friday on a Thursday. But before we do that, we also have Don't At Me coming up at 3.20. Uh, we had, we have selected a winner for Turf Trivia. The question to gain entry into the People Show Fantasy Football League was... Nazem Qadri drafted in the 2009 draft first round. And there are three for former or current Canucks who were selected in that first round. Who were they? And the correct answer was? Jordan Schrader. He was the Canucks
1: pick. Yes. Guest. Zach Cassian. He was picked by Buffalo. And Oliver ekman larsson selected by Arizona, was the pick before Nazem Qadri, actually. Congratulations. We had a lot of right answers. We also had one person that they thought was right, was adamant, saying this is such an easy question, and ended up saying Marcus Johansson was Played for the Canucks. Uh, I, no, he did not. Marcus Johansson did not play for the Canucks. Out of all the right answers, congratulations to Jordan and Langley. Jordan and Langley, you have won entry into the People Show Fantasy Football League. And shouts to Langley, today's winner.
0: Congratulations to Jordan and Langley. So there we go. So we got gained entry into the uh, Fantasy Football League. And, and I know a lot of people still want to try. How many spots are still open in his Fantasy Football League? Randy? So we've got 11
1: one more that you can win your way in tomorrow and then after that we're gonna have some fun some some bribes some good deeds see uh see what people can do to get into the league we're all about doing stuff you know what? maybe it's fun stuff maybe it's charitable maybe it's yeah it's a bribe of some sort or it's a good deed so we're gonna have some fun with that next week but as of right now there's about 11 spots left in this league
0: 11 spots to go all right so we have some more fun some more spots uh, to take and uh keep it coming we'll have another spot to give away coming up tomorrow. All right. So that brings us to the end of Turf Trivia. Time for Confession Friday on a Thursday. Join the movement that is Confession Friday. I know you hate me. I know I hurt you. But there's more.
1: Listen. People in the butts. He should have been playing in the minors. Sports.
0: Some weird things going down the toilet. This is my
2: confession. All
0: right. Confession Friday. Usually last week we started things off with confessions of our own. Now, well, it's time for the people to give their confessions. Do you have another confession to get to give? I don't have Here, one Andy? right now. No, no. I don't God? I
1: don't have one. I think we can get straight to the people because it feels like it feels like people are bringing it this week. Some of them are sports related, some of them are not. As we say on this show. Hey, the weekend is coming. Maybe you have some pent up energy. Maybe you want to get Forget something? Maybe you want to get something off your chest. Yes. Unsigned, anonymous. You come in with your confession. We'll read it, and you go into the weekend stress-free.
0: Yes. That's it. You you uh, you alleviate any stress or any baggage you may have that you need to get off your chest. As creepy
1: as this music and this intro is, this is designed to actually relax you.
0: Yes, it is. It's kind of relaxing. It is kind of relaxing. Kind of
1: relaxing. Um, confession Friday. Shall we get this going? Let's do it, Randy. All right, this one. Canucks related confession. Confession Friday. I want the Canucks to lose again this year. Not just because it's the best draft in eight years, but because if the Canucks are good, this brainless ownership group won't allow a JT Miller trade.
0: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're confessing how you feel. Those are conflicted feelings, conflicting feelings. I get it. I can understand.
1: So wants their favorite team to lose because just want a JT Miller trade. And the draft is good is is according... That's not me. That's yes. unsigned texter.
0: Not Yeah, that's not you. Unsigned texture.
1: Oh, we got this one. Not Canucks related. Confession. Apart from one to two songs, I really can't stand the Beatles.
0: Ooh. I you mean... Is is that really something to? Some people people get mad at you about that. Like, I are, think the older generation, the older absolutely generation will. does. But I think I think we're kind of getting to the point now where, like, I wouldn't say there's Beatles fatigue, but I think that the greatness of the Beatles isn't quite as palpable as it was, say, twenty years ago. When you talk to people, people don't speak about the Beatles in the same reverence as they once did. Somebody should have sent this in yesterday for overrated, <laughs> underrated. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the people
1: yelling at us if we went underrated or, or sorry, overrated? But this confession,
0: no name on this one either. Apart from one to two songs, yes. can't stand the Beatles. Can't stand the Beatles. All right, that's a confession. Uh, uh, this isn't a confession, but it's a comment. Why are you guys? Why are you guys calling it Confession Friday when it's Thursday? You're killing me here, Tony the Gas Fitter. It's Confession Friday on a Thursday. Exactly. And for a couple of weeks we <laughs> tweaked it because we're moving
1: some segments around. But we're yeah. not changing it. Confession Thursday. No. We want you to feel like it's a Friday. Yes. It's
0: summertime. Mentality. Every day is a Friday. It's kind of worse. You feel like it's a Friday, and then you're like, ah, wait, it's Thursday. Uh, Here's one unsigned. They're all unsigned. I should should stop saying unsigned. Confession Friday, I released a mouse from a sticky pad and dropped him at the neighbor's. You know what? I'm just happy that the mouse is still around. (laughs) The the
1: mouse? You released the mouse. That's all that matters. He released it. Who cares about the neighbor? My goodness. Uh, This one. As a vegetarian, I can relate to this one. My on and off again vegetarian girlfriend loves the rice I cook because I make it with chicken stock. But okay, you don't
0: specify. Does she know? No, she can't be. No, I mean, I will say if you if you do like if you make Spanish rice ever, you have to have some sh- chicken stock in the rice. Okay, so the question so, uh, I
1: have is the phrasing on this text is: Is she an on and off again vegetarian, or is she is is she your on and off again <laughs> veg- girlfriend? <laughs> like, can you specify where the on and where the off is coming from? Are you guys like casually dating or is, she, so. is she a
0: casual vegetarian? I think it's, it's, it's one of those things, like casually dating. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, nowadays, listen, um, I haven't been on like the dating scene. It's a lot different nowadays, I heard. Like it's a lot different. Like when we, you know, when we're, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on nowadays, but let's just say it's it's a lot of like, yeah, I'm with you, but I'm not with you. Yeah, there's a lot of um I got a lot of people. We're doing I'm things, but we're not doing things. Yeah, but there's a lot of like, yeah, I'm seeing you and a lot of other people at the same time. Apparently you know what? that's a big thing. You now. know what it
1: was back in the day? It was called something different. <laughs> that's all it is. It's just branding. <laughs> Why not <aren't> you? <laughs> it's just branding, Sat. <laughs> just it's brand. always been a thing.
0: It always has been a thing. Um, here's one. Confession Friday. When Chester Bennington died, Bennington died. I thought my work um, workmates were just messing with me, and they told me he had passed. Because we would sing the songs I work, and it was funny because customers would clap. But the worst part was when three and West guys would sing a whole new world from Aladdin. So I thought they were pulling my horrible prank, getting back at me after the other guys we sang to was a no joke. It was no joke. So uh, Confession Friday on me. Okay, it's a long drawn out one. That's a uh, yeah. So basically. <laughs> Started singing the song and yeah, they're like, what are you doing? He's, he, he died. He, oh, come on,
1: come on. That, yeah. Hey, you don't put your name on this. I was actually going about to read this next one, but <laughs> unsigned confession Friday. I must confess. My sister got me to try. Wait for it. Pickles wrapped in fruit roll-ups. Pickles and fruit lo- roll-ups. So, okay. You, you confess that you tried it. But did you like it? Is the question. You don't specify whether you liked it. <sighs> I, okay, Sat. As you know, you've witnessed me doing a bunch of stupid stuff. Yeah, on you Earth.
0: guys. You and you and Reach. I don't know what it is uh, with you guys. After like when, I, when we did the people show together for a while, I was like, why do you guys inflict pain on one another the way you guys do? Like, what is with this? You I, guys. You know, you can you can like not take the bet. I like trying things though. Why not? You
1: live once. He says they and, weren't as bad as I thought. Okay, uh, he or she says that. We're gonna to try to make this as anonymous as possible. So, he or
0: she said that. He or she. Uh, confession, Mock Friday, except for one or two songs, all tragically hip songs suck. All hip hop sucks. All hip hop sucks. Okay, I thought it was a tragically hip. Oh, song. oh okay. Song. That could have been uh, that could have been dangerous for this person.
1: <laughs> all hip hop songs, not a fan. <sighs> That's, you see, I disagree with that one. This one's not. Don't at me. So I'm gonna be like, no. Mm-mm. Uh, can- I do. Ha- I do have a. I do have a confession. Do you have
0: another confession. Well, to make? A, what you, is with you and confession? No, you
1: mentioned tragically hip. Oh, I have a confession. I, Come on, I do not care for any other music. Come on, I don't. I'm sorry Why? if that makes me less Canadian. I'm sorry.
0: How do you? How do you I just, not like it, the
1: hip? It, no, I just don't. It's just it's it's noise to me. Just noise. No, it's like it's, it's music, but it's just nothing special. <laughs> it's just noise. It's like a chainsaw. It's noise.
0: <gasps> man, seriously. I,
1: okay, this is this is what this segment is about.
0: I am confessing. It's just it's not my thing yeah well I mean uh, people have other confessions like so, this person says I can't stand the weekend okay uh, this isn't isn't this like the weekends music <laughs> it's, it's like it's very weekendy isn't it uh-huh. uh my confession I used to like the show until you confess your hate for the hip I like the hip
1: yeah Rick, that episode. I ran deep
0: I like The hip. I hey this is
1: this is what we do on this show we <laughs> open up our hearts and <laughs> open up our bad
0: takes you might yeah. think mine is bad I, I don't think it's a great one uh, here. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, I don't know if a musical t- take make me think less of you, but here we are. <laughs> uh, Confession Friday on a Thursday. When I was at a friend's party, the host was being drunk and obnoxious and argumentative. And after getting annoyed enough to leave, I turned the main water shut off close so no one could use, could flush the toilet. I still think it's funny to this day. Ooh. So if somebody wants to use a wash, so that washroom must have been disgusting no, at the party. Because people, people will not stop going to the washroom. And it's like. Uh, that's gross. That That's nasty.
1: Yeah, Sounds like gross. an outhouse. Uh, Pretty we got, much. We got, outhouse, in-house. We got this one. Confession Friday. When a bee or wasp flies in and around my personal bubble, I freak out and run away with my arms flailing around like a wacky, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man. Unsigned text. Um. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm one of those people that actually judges people when they do that. You know when a bee comes around you and you like you're having lunch and you just run away from the table I'm I'm totally judging you you are hey yeah it's it's a bee it's not gonna even if it stings you and unless you're allergic unless you are allergic and you just do a bee line off the table um, come on come on you're a human being you're like you got like 6 foot 5 people running away from a bee just just yeah. just kind of swat it away don't hit it don't I love animals yeah. but just kind of just wave it away You just swat. wave it away you know, you, away.
0: You know the, the more scared you get of a bee the more likely you are to get stung so don't run away Yeah just, just be cool Be it's cool like, man It's like a dog You know what Dogs are
1: the most amazing Animals out there Right <laughs> And they're not even aggressive But if you run away From a dog A dog's probably Going to chase after you Because they probably Think you're playing <laughs> So stop running
0: <laughs> <sighs> Oh man uh, there's, some, there's some stuff here um, Hmm Minor Matt. No, you know what? No, I can't read. Them no, you said no, no, it. No. I can't read. He it. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't read it anyways. No, no. I couldn't read now it anyways. definitely can't read it. Uh, I can't read it anyways. No. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Uh,
1: all right, then. Let me just put it that way. Okay, this one Confession Friday. Yeah. Uh, this one's great. When my girlfriend and I started dating, I told her I was allergic to cats, even though she had two. Since then, I've grown to like her cats, but continue to pretend I'm allergic by rubbing my eyes or pretending that I have sniffles. So, it's a good story in the sense that you love the
3: cat. but why are you lying in the first place? Uh, I'll, I'll give you an note. So, I actually used to be allergic. This is you, isn't it, Josh? Well, I... You used to actually be allergic? I used to actually be allergic, but then I got one, and over time, it just kind of goes away. So, you can just be like, hey, I... I was allergic. I think I just got used to the cat. So you Unless just have to get, like,
0: like, you just have to like bite it for a bit.
3: Yeah, yeah. Unless you're like three years in already, then it's or more, then it's too late. You're <laughs> committed
0: to the bit. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, this one, confession Friday. I went on a secret <laughs> trip to Whistler with a girl I liked that told my girlfriend I was with my cousin. Wow. wow that's not okay. me dude you're no. looking at me you're looking at me as it was me it go, I'm, sad? No, I'm, like, I'm reading I'm like, the confession hold on. that's not me <laughs> if I'm you're reading. watching the stream you probably you just
1: saw a blank look in my face yeah I was like wait, wait <laughs> I'm like what sorry I, sad is that no no, no, no
0: no I'm reading a text <laughs> that's not me I'm like I wonder is that current girlfriend or yeah. well I mean okay Here, here's I mean in most relationships and stuff like that right like you go away at some point you'll facetime one another or whatever it is like wouldn't you ever be afraid of that happening what's your excuse like I can't Facetime right now. Why not? I mean, yeah. when I
3: when I go away, my girlfriend doesn't ask to.
0: FaceTime no, never me. at any point. Not that I remember. No, so. Sick of you, Josh. She's clearly sick <laughs> of you. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she point, doesn't want me to Facetime her. her. Maybe I think <laughs> I think you're onto
1: something. <laughs> so when's the next solo vacation you're hitting up, uh, Josh? Just never. Okay, there we go. We got this one. Unsigned text. Confession Friday. I feed the spider under my fridge flies so I can have a friend. Okay. That's, hey, whatever you do, you
0: insects are friends. Hey, listen, I am not gonna judge if you have a friend that's another living creature, insect or not. Hey, the living creatures, all good, man. I ain't judging. I'm not judging. Uh, confession Friday. Uh huh. I broke up with my last
1: few boyfriends because I found out their obnoxious love of the Seahawks was just too much. Is that mm-hmm. Big, sex? <laughs> <have> Big, sex. <laughs> Big
0: sex? All three of Vic's. sex. All three of Vic's sex. Ah, oh, my goodness! Uh, somebody texts in and says that. Remember last week, somebody texted in and said that they have a fun, a fun date set up. Ah, uh, yes, them and another couple. And they would provide an update. Yeah, well, the update is in. I can't read the update except okay. to say that uh, certain, um, certain classic movie purveyors would be proud. Is essentially what he said. Whatever that means. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm just providing the update for last week. That's it. Okay. I, I, I'm I not gotta going find anywhere else. I, I, I I'm, I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not saying anything else. I'm just leaving it at that. Because if I read the text, I would prefer if you did not read. Right. It. I can't
2: yeah. read the text. I don't even know if you can
0: edit it in a way I that makes it. That I think. I think the best I could have done was what I just did. I don't think I can say anything more than what I said. Yeah. All Please right. Don't. I have not Please don't.
1: I haven't even seen the text yet, so I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, but alright, we can't read it, though, is the point. Yes. Uh this one, Confession Friday. I think I like the CFL. Cool. There you go. There we go. All
0: right. Confessing to like the Seahawks. I mean the CFL and this
1: well. Well, that that text about the previous boyfriends. That might be if we were picking winners, that might have been a winner today. Yeah. Uh this one. This one's kind of cringe. Not kind of cringe, it is it cringe. Is cringe yeah. My confession Friday is we went for a family vacation to Mexico. I didn't get a chance to manscape before we went, so I borrowed my father-in-law's electric and straight razor to take care of business, and then <laughs> I give it right back to him. I don't know what. You th- <laughs> no, we we brought this on ourselves by creating this segment, so I can't even I can't even judge said person. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can judge you actually. I can't
0: say anything to you though. No, we judge, but we won't say anything. Well, no, no, I don't judge. Actually, you know what? I'm not gonna judge. I'm not gonna judge i got to judge. No, I'm Uh, definitely judging. I'll say this. Uh, This one here. I've got a confession. I've been thinking all day how ridiculous it is that Sean Watson is going to get a second chance and Colin Kaepernick took a knee and got kicked out of the league. I don't know if that's a confession. That's just a take. Yeah, that could have been a don't at me. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got these segments mixed up.
1: Repurpose that for don't at me. Uh, Confession. There's a sports radio DJ who had a stupid music take and now I'm keying his car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? I, I don't listen to the hip. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I, and there's there are dozens of us. There's people texting in that agree with me as well. All
0: right? I'm not the only one. There's a few of us on this island. Yes. Uh, here's one. Confession Friday. I've never been on a plane in my life. I'm about to be 38, and my ex-wife is taking our son on his first plane ride this week. He's 10, hasn't stopped rubbing it in my face. I'm extremely jealous and want to power bomb him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> They're really, really <laughs> <All right. laughs> aggressive there to end it hey, off. It's a confession. It's hey. a confession. That's <laughs> uh this one, confession. There's a sports radio DJ who had a stupid music take and now I'm keying his car. Oh, is that <laughs> texted in again? We did just oh, read that. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. There's multiple ones. Oh, this one says Kendrick Lamar sucks. Well, oh. you suck. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> my confession. Sounds so like what's with these bad music takes today? Confession Friday? I lied. I am judging you.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely. Okay, here's one. Confession Friday. I hate the Seahawks and anything to do with them and change the station when you talk about them. So you might want to miss on hour two of the podcast today.
0: (laughs) We did talk some Seahawks. We did. Um, This one. uh, The worst salesman back in again. I confess I may have recently got into collecting hockey cards and it's addictive. My confession is they are a little pricey at Walmart even. I have taken advantage of the five finger discount Ooh. once or twice, perhaps.
1: Wow, I think that might be the first time that we've uh, had a a person break the law. Uh, you know, it's still, it's still. Uh, I'd like to say as a disclaimer,
0: please do not
3: break the law.
1: Please confession don't. Break Friday the- is not for that. No,
0: don't. no. Uh, here's another confession, Thomas the Train. I'm a licensed. Whoa, gro- whoa,
3: you can't. What? You can't say.
0: Oh. Never mind. I'll leave it. I'll, I'll read a. We later. can't tell you what he's licensed with, or he or she. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll move that around. We'll, my bad. We'll put it bad.
3: in the shuffler. My bad. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. save him.
0: <Whoa>, <laughs> save, save. Yes. Him because if you look at the second part of that, there yeah. is some. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you almost messed that up big Man, time. I almost, I almost put this. Made this person get in a lot of trouble. Um. Yeah. Uh This one. Uh, I confess that I'm totally sick of seeing princess princess on board and no farmers, no food stickers in every other car. And I drive for a living. Okay, I'm definitely gonna judge you on that one. No
1: farmers, no food. I'm all about that life. that's, yeah. a, that's a great message. And it, those stickers, I'm for it. But that's your confession.
0: Yes, and, well, you texted it in. I will say this: uh, princess on board, whatever. Baby on board, fine. My confession is, I loathe people that have the baby on board sticker if they break the law when they're driving. Yeah, so if you're cutting off people. If you're speeding, cutting off people, or whatever, and you have a baby on board sticker, you might be the lowest class of human being. That might be overstating it, but that's my confession. That's what I think of people that have the baby on board sticker and drive like jackasses. There's also too many variations
3: of the baby on board sticker now. There used to just be the baby on board one. Now there's just like, you can have one for every show you're a fan of. Yo, you like Breaking Bad? Lil' Heisenberg on board. (laughs) Lil' Heisenberg on board.
1: (laughs) Uh, This one. Confession Friday. I hate the Spence Diamonds ads and change the station whenever those ads come on. Well, it's okay to have bad taste, folks. It's okay. You know, if you don't like them, you're in the minority. You know how many (laughs) cool wet rag texts we get a day? Yeah, we do. How many diamonds on diamonds on diamonds texts we get? How many?
0: I don't know. Uh, Okay, I brought a cool wet rag. All right here's one yeah this one baby on board and smoking yes that would be the worst combination (laughs) oh we got this one (laughs) uh i'll read this one before um i grow medical cannabis and i enjoy spending quality time with my plants more than my girlfriend provide a reason though like I not I, you, I, not you. Hey, I, I, I I think there's two well, well, well one reason. One, you're not spending time with your girlfriend, that's the insinuation. The second one being you're probably high. So you'd rather be high and not be with your girlfriend. And there's probably minimal conversation. <laughs> right? But there's probably. no there's no arguing.
1: So that's alright too. Uh, this one is this one is very harsh, but I feel like we have to read it, Seth. Okay. Confession Friday. I hate Dan Riccio.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: Poor reach. <laughs> that that wasn't me. That was a text you that came. You have to in.
0: read that too. Uh this one. Sat you'll read anything. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah, it. That's Remember true. the married woman of the yeah, Mercedes? It's yeah. <laughs> true. Uh plants don't talk back, as one text said. Alright, alright. This is I mean, I'm just saying. You guys should release a little sportsnet six fifty listener on board stickers.
3: <laughs> that's fine.
0: You can
1: that's do good. that one. I like it. I like a uh, Confession Friday.
0: I'm a pretty sus guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty sus guy. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Uh, hello, boys. I once stole a stole a Christmas tree and I took it home and sold it to my mom. I was 14. You just, you just confessed that <laughs> you're <laughs> an entrepreneur. You're a small business owner at the age of 14. <laughs> I like that.
1: Uh, this one, Confession Friday. I've never seen any Godfather movie, Titanic or Avatar. Uh, okay. I, I've seen two of those movies. Well, the Godfather ones and Titanic. I've never seen Avatar. I like you know when people are going crazy with Avatar. I didn't watch it and it still
3: haven't. Apparently, it's really good in theaters, but I've watched it at home and it's it's all right. It's not amazing, but it's all right. Yeah. In 3D, apparently, it's
0: mind blowing though. I, I want to see it. I mean, I've seen it. The second one comes That's out. What wanna this year. That's what I want to see. That's what I want. I seen the first one. It was fun to watch, but I'm gonna watch them later. This one says, I really miss Robbie Joel Hall, the greatest of all time, according to Sat and Randy. Our man, Robbie. Hey, man. Robbie, you know what he does? He markets, he sells, he does
1: everything, he, he does, does work for you, and he's also the captain. Remember that. Remember that. Robbie's the captain. Robbie's our guy. Uh, we got this one Confession Friday. The subway ads are horrible. They do this thing like they act like they're training someone to uh, read the script, and it's so annoying. So, like, the, the Mark McMorris uh, ad, I, obviously the Mark Messier one, all of those ones? Yeah. Oh, come on now. Canucks fans would hate the Mark Messier one anyways.
0: I think they would. All right. Uh, I think I think we've had our fill of confessions because we have to get the don't at me as well. What, what's going on? Alistair in Clearwater saying, tell Josh he
1: needs to clip Randeep saying I hate Dan Richo. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. It was a confession, <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: Uh is, it, is this one says joking, reach? You're a good guy. Just stop with the Italian pronunciations. Pretty ain't much here. What we all say. <laughs> he ain't here. He ain't listening to you, you. You, and us, all of us together. We all hate when when Italian class is in uh, is in session. <laughs> we said yesterday it's overrated because <laughs> he can't put together three sentences of Italian. No, outside. he doesn't really know. All right. Uh cool. That's the end of Confession Friday. But I think that leads us perfectly into Don't at me. And for Don't at me, well. It is always brought to you by our good friends at LeaseBusters. Get out of your vehicle at least with ease, confidence, and a LeaseBusters leasing specialist to guide you through the journey. Go to LeaseBusters.com to start the process today. And the prize is tickets to go watch the Vancouver Canadians A nooner at the Nat Friday, August 26th, game time at 1 p.m. So let's get going for Don't
2: At Me. Your takes uninterrupted. Don't At Me. Texting your submissions to 650-650. Don't
3: at me. I said, what
0: Don't at me. JT Miller talk is only going to increase, not decrease. So if you're expecting less JT Miller talk from now until the start of the season, it's not happening. You know what's coming tomorrow. JT Miller talk. First 10 minutes of the show, baby. Update. Update. Uh, update season is back. Yeah, I'll be making calls tonight. I'll have an update. Whether it's an update, no update, update, there's something coming tomorrow. And I'm taking some time off after tomorrow for a couple weeks. But even when I'm gone, don't at me. It's you fair. might you might you might be popping up like Kevin Weeks. <laughs> yeah. The I Sat
3: news dump is coming down.
0: Coming there's, tomorrow. There's, sat, there's a news dump coming tomorrow before I go away for a couple weeks. And uh, the we'll see what happens. I can see it. Hey hockey fans, it's Sat here in poolside. time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, we got this one from Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. Don't at me, Deshaun Watson got off easy. He should have been suspended for an entire season and fined 50% of his annual salary. <laughs> 50%. 50%. Uh, we got this one. Texture who confessed something earlier. I'm not going to say the name. Don't at me. My girlfriend just dumped me. <laughs> I believe that was the, uh, the cannabis enthusiast. That oh, was- okay.
0: It wasn't the person I, I mentioned the name Right Because no, no, we, no, yeah, no, we didn't read that text We didn't read it text. Couldn't, no, no. couldn't say that uh, Don't at me The Calgary Flames Will miss the playoffs Raj from C- Cloverdale Oof.
1: Okay so if they miss out That implies that the Canucks Or the LA Kings Would come in Or, yep. or Vegas obviously yep. Right You got I still don't see The Central dropping off So it, one of those
0: spots Hundred percent. Uh, fuzzy from Abbotsford. Don't at me. The beard, the no beard rule was a reason Cadre didn't sign with the Islanders. Interesting. Okay. It wasn't the money. It was the beard. Uh this one. Don't at me. I love
1: Dan Riccio. <laughs> don't clip that either. <laughs> Please don't. Don't tell Dan about that. I hate that one. Dan
0: Riccio. <laughs> uh, Spencer and Campbell. Don't at me. Uh, standing bet I have every year is that the Canucks will place above Calgary during the season. And it's not looking so hot. Wow. All right. We got this one. Marcus
1: and Gibson's. Don't at me. Sat will be the first to report a JT Miller extension just like he did with Quinn Hughes.
0: <laughs> we'll see. All right. The pressure's on Sat. Uh, we'll see. That was, that was funny. That was because uh, I knew the numbers. My, remember what we did? I'm not saying, just saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are yeah, early on that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not saying I know what Quinn Hughes is signing for. Signing for. I'm just saying, if he signs for six years at $7.85 million per year, I wouldn't be surprised. And then two days later. <laughs> you tweet it out.
1: Oh, yeah. He was he was dropping. Hits. I don't know if
0: that's going to happen.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Don't at me. There is not enough talk about Horvat. We've
0: been talking about him for two weeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, don't at me, but Password will come back next season. Puff. Hmm. I don't know about that. I'm going to go ahead and say no. We'll
1: see. It could pop up anywhere.
0: That's a no from
1: me, dog. Password is like... Well, like you know a, what? You guys have like a people show. Yeah, you it's can like do an underground Hey, Password's like an underground cult. They, they always they always hang around. Password's <laughs>
3: hanging around. You got to take it up with Bick, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah.
1: We'll see about
0: that. Uh, don't at me. If the listener signs their Confession Friday submissions, they should have their name read on air. It's not Sat's fault. Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. You know what? Chef Swagger, I'm with you. It's your fault. I, I'm trying to protect a lot of the <laughs> listeners from themselves. Sometimes you just or, don't know what or is really, good for you. From them and from me, because yeah. I'll read anything. Yeah, you I'm will.
1: like I am, I'm like Ron Burgundy. We got this one. Don't at me. Jim Trilliving will win GM of the year. <laughs> Signed, love, Nathan and Surrey. Yeah. He's always loving Nathan. Always some love. Uh, uh, I like Jim Trilliving is the Boston pizza guy. Yes. His son is. is the GM. Yeah, Just, just clarify. I, I think Jim Trilliving does a great job of managing too, though. Maybe, maybe. maybe.
3: He could be. Maybe he's managing Boston Pizza really well this year. He <laughs> might get the. He might get the trophy.
0: He might. He might get the trophy. Uh, Keith, the water guy. Don't at me. Uh, Whitecaps are actually entertaining after all their new signings. Mm. You can't him.
1: I won't. I won't. We got this one. in uh, David and Campbell River. Don't at me. But J T. Miller will spend the remainder of his career in a Vancouver Canucks uniform. J T. is not going anywhere. This man, David in Vancouver, clearly has a JT Miller jersey. <laughs> this, he is clearly
0: invested in JT <laughs> yeah. Miller. Uh, minor Matt in Abbotsford. Do it. I give zero you-know-what. Read my name with my submissions. He's a glutton for punishment. Or oh, he doesn't care. <laughs> minor Matt.
1: <laughs> uh, Nathan, who was always coming with love, admits that Nathan in Surrey has had a liquid lunch. Well, All right, A lot to
0: confess on a Thursday for go. Nathan, then. And finally, uh, Jeffro, don't add me to Seahawks. will be a playoff team, not this year, but next year. All right. There we go. All right, that brings us an end to "Don't At Me," and a lot of fun on the show today. Breaking things. It's been wild. It has. Been. It's been wild. Uh, thanks for all the submissions, and we will announce the winner on the other side, right here on Sportsnet 650.